0: Okay, so this semester we can move on to our passage we 're uh, i 'm wrapping up this is the second to last week in a five week series I think on the final days of Jesus that we 've been looking at focusing on uh, part of the Bible that gets a lot of attention these final days uh, Jesus is saving work and so we looked at Jesus's entrance into Jerusalem before he was put on trial we looked at his crucifixion we looked at his resurrection last week and this week we're looking at his ascension and uh, next week we'll look finally at uh, this uh, event where he sends the Holy Spirit uh, to the church at Pentecost so uh, it's really another really great Passage, And it's worth pointing out, uh, so last week we looked at Luke's account of the resurrection. And the book of Acts is actually like part two of Luke. So it's also written by Luke. So they're just, uh, it's kind of like the same book almost, part one and part two. And uh, he addresses it to, you can see, to someone named Theophilus. So uh, both parts of the book are addressed to this person uh, named Theophilus. And um, And he ends Luke talking about Jesus' ascension into heaven. And he starts the book of Acts by talking about Jesus' ascension into heaven. Uh, So it's an important focal point of what Luke is writing about Jesus. So let me read it for us, and we'll spend some time examining it. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, From you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven let me pray for us again heavenly father we thank you for your word we pray that you would make sense of it for us tonight Uh, we thank you uh, for your presence with us and we pray that you would be applying its truth to our hearts it's in jesus name we pray amen I wonder if any of you have ever celebrated Ascension Day. Uh, Ascension Day, this passage mentions, is 40 days after Easter. um, And it's on the calendar. It's a holiday. Uh, In the past, it's something that's been celebrated. You know, for uh, Christians today, the big holidays are Christmas and Easter, right? Like, uh, I wonder if anyone's ever, like, had an Ascension party. If you want to... May 10th is Ascension Day this year. It's a Thursday. Uh, for those of us that will be at summer conference, we can celebrate on the beach or something like that. Uh, but Ascension Day, the Ascension is a very big deal in the Bible. Um, and it's worth spending, some, it's, it's, and it's kind of the neglected part of what Jesus did for us. Uh, that we don't talk about a lot, and it's worth taking some time to think about. And one way I want you to think about it is, like, think about being a, a student at UConn, and you pass all your classes, but you don't get your degree. You know, you would never do that, right? Like, the whole point of passing the classes is you get the degree. When you hold that diploma on graduation day... That's the point where you know, like, this worked. Like, I did the work, and I, like, logged into Husky CT, and it showed that I passed. That I have a degree now, right? Like, uh, it worked. I'm, I can hold the diploma to prove it. You would never do all the work, and then when they offered you the degree, you'd be like, no thanks, I don't need that, right? The reason you do it is for the degree, so you can hold it in your hands. And the ascension of jesus here that we read about in this passage is like that it's the proof that all the saving work that jesus did actually worked it's the proof that the world is different forever Uh, his life worked his death worked his resurrection worked it all came together and the proof is the resurrection another way to think about it is like uh, the coronation of a king or a queen um the only, I think the one that we're most familiar with in America is probably in England, right? The Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, and Queen Elizabeth II is 91 years old. So that means she's probably going to die soon. And what that means is that, uh, you know, when she dies, there's someone lined up to be the next king, King Charles. He will be known as King Charles. Right now he's Prince Charles. And I want you to think about that. Like, when she dies, will he be king instantly? I'm not like an expert on this topic, but like kind of. Like he's next in line to be, like he would meet all the requirements in that moment to be king. But there's going to be a coronation ceremony that will forever be remembered, that will make it official. And I want you to, so another way to think of Jesus' ascension is like this is his coronation ceremony as he ascends into heaven. And we can see that Jesus' disciples don't get that right away because they're looking up into heaven when he departs. And there's these angels there, and they're like, why are you looking up? You know, what should they... If they understood what was going on, what should they be doing? I don't know. Probably celebrating. Probably worshiping. Uh, This is the moment that makes it official that all of the ways that God worked to save the world happened. Like, it worked. It worked. But they don't yet understand everything about what it means. Uh, What it means, though, is that Jesus really is a Savior. We need this. Like, we need the ascension. um, Because I know enough in talking to you guys that life is really fragile. I know enough from talking to you all that life presents so many challenges and so many trials. And so many tests. And, you know, I talk to you all about a lot of these things. And, you know, sometimes we talk about what's going on in your life, or sometimes we talk about what's going on in your family. And I try to listen and sometimes offer advice. But I hope what I do consistently is point you to the ascended Christ, the one who not only did the work to accomplish salvation, but is now universally recognized as the King of the universe. And the problem is, it doesn't always seem like he's the king, right? But the ascension proves this is true. And so uh, the good news of the ascension that I want us to think about today is that the good news is two parts. We are in him and he is in us. Pretty simple, right? Except it's not. But we are in him and he is in us. So first of all, we are in him. And the big idea here is that from this moment on, this is crazy. There is a h- human in the presence of God in heaven running the show. Okay? Uh, I don't know. When I talk about heaven, I think there's a lot of different conceptions of heaven. And, and, and you know, I, heaven is not actually up, although like we, all t- we think of the heavens, which is different than actual heaven, but uh, we look up um, just because it's something we do. But heaven is this... Is a realm outside of space and time in the Bible. It's the place where God dwells, and a good way to think about it is God relating uh, from heaven to earth the way an author relates to his or her characters in a story. So, uh, some of my favorite books are the Harry Potter books. So, think about J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter and friends. Uh, You know, J.K. Rowling is not hiding somewhere in Hogwarts. Uh, she's not in the wizarding world at all. The only way Harry Potter could ever meet J.K. Rowling is if she wrote herself into those stories, right? Uh, only if she like, made herself a character in her own stories. Uh, and what the Ascension is saying is that Jesus, so the incarnation means God wrote himself into our world like an author in a story. And what the Ascension is saying is that Jesus, after he conquered death, through his life and death and resurrection, has now moved back from the realm of the characters in the story to the realm of the author. He's now in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's, in other words, in the control room of the world. And the reason that's a big deal is because Jesus is a human, a man like you and me that has blood pumping through his veins in heaven. He's an actual man. Like, he has a blood type. And this has not happened since Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden for rebelling against God. You know that story? Adam and Eve uh, disobey God, and they're immediately... The consequences is they can no longer walk with God in the garden, they can no longer see Him face to face. And the big question from then on through all the ages has been, how can flesh and blood ever dwell with God?" And the answer has always been it can't. they can't. It cannot happen. God is holy. He can't be in the presence of those who have turned from him. He can't be in the the presence of sin and death. That's always been the case until the ascension happened. Because now there is flesh and blood with God in heaven. Because Jesus is a true man and he has no sin. So he can be there. And that's very good news for men and women like us. Because what it ultimately means is that we can go. A big idea in all of the Bible, the way that Jesus can save, something we've talked about from time to time in RUF, is this idea that people call union with Christ. And it's it's a really kind of tough thing to wrap your head around, so it's always talked about in illustrations. So Jesus says things in the Bible like, I am the vine and you are the branches. And you're united to me in that way or another way it's explained in the bible is christ you know jesus is the head and his people are the body we're united to him and all over the bible this language of in christ is used uh, jesus's death counts for you if you're in christ so you can't be punished because he was punished for you his resurrection counts for you because uh, he was raised we can be raised and so on and that might sound confusing and kind of weird but we are often operate under this same kind of principle in different ways. I'll give you some examples. Uh, A couple years ago, we had a we always have a Super Bowl party in RUF. A few of you were there this year. um, Which the Patriots lost. And uh, last year, the Patriots won, right? And it was this amazing game. And I remember after that game, someone calling a friend. So while we were finishing watching the game, someone calling a friend and saying, we won. We won. We're in like a patriots sweatshirt or something like that and saying we won we won and you know you could look at that and be like you won like you just ate pizza for three hours like you didn't win but like we don't like we get that right he's got the shirt on he's identified himself with the team and so because the patriots won he won I'll give you another example. Uh, Marriage provides a really good example of this, right? I'm married, my wife's name is Maggie, and uh, because we are married, we are united as one. And what that means is that everything that she has is mine, and everything that I have is hers. And so how that practically works out is, like, if I'm in my house, and I'm thirsty, and I see a water glass, like, on the table over there, uh, I will go over and drink it without asking Hey, is this yours? Can I have some? Why? Because I'm married to her. Like, it's my... Like, I don't need to ask her. I I just go and take it. Because her glass of water is my glass of water. And it's great. Um, um, You know, whatever is true of hers becomes true of me. Um, And... What this is saying, what the Bible teaches is that the way we relate to God is by union with Christ. So what is true of Christ, what's true of Jesus, becomes true of us. And we really need that. Because in mom- think about the moments of despair that you face and those moments where you think, like, will I ever change? And what you need to know in that moment is that Jesus Christ is, A man, an actual man, he is God and man, is now with God the Father in heaven. And because he has united Christians to himself, we are there too. Like, if you are in Christ, if you are a Christian, then the most true thing about you is that you are with the Father. It's mind-boggling. Like, we could spend all year kind of thinking about the implications of it, but it's true. The most true thing about you isn't your bad attitude. The most true thing about you isn't your greedy heart, if you're a Christian. The most true thing about you isn't your web-browsing history. If you are in Christ, then the most true thing about you is that you have a place at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, on your best day or your worst day. It's been secured for you there. And the proof is that Jesus Christ, a man, is there right now. He was here, now he's there. Okay, so that's what it means that we are in him. But the other side of the coin is that because the ascension happened, because this is true, he is in us. And this is a big deal too. Uh, Jesus, because he's in heaven, is now with Christians forever. Uh, and in the story, after Jesus is lifted, lifted up and taken away from them, they're all looking into heaven, right? All his disciples that are there. Uh, why are they doing that? Because they want him to come back, right? Like, wouldn't, you know, think, do you ever wonder about what it would be like? Like, wouldn't it be easy to believe if you could like see Jesus eye to eye or like have a meal with him like some of these guys did or like walk around with him? Uh, like, we all want that, right? Like, wouldn't that be great? Uh, but it's actually better for these disciples and for us that he's in heaven uh, in the in the gospels the disciples there's several places where they're kind of like don't leave don't leave and jesus says it's better for you if i go so that i can be with you by my spirit uh, because the jesus of the jesus on earth can only be in one place at a time Ascended Jesus, the Jesus we know today, can be everywhere that Christians are. Uh, sometimes, you know, what that means is like when we study the Bible and see all the ways that Jesus acts. You know, how kind he is to people and how gentle he is with sinners and all of that stuff. Um, you know. We, we look at those and we say, like, man, isn't, wasn't Jesus great? Isn't that, you know, it's heartwarming, right? Wasn't Jesus so great? But the ascension means that that's how Jesus is now toward you today. He's with us today. This Jesus can make you alive today. This Jesus can actually comfort you in your sadness today because he's ascended into heaven. Um, and one of the re- I hope you notice that this interesting thing—the way this starts out in verse one—it says, "In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach." I don't know about you, but when I read that, knowing like all the stuff that's covered about Jesus's life, I'm kind of like, "The stuff that Jesus began to do seems like he kind of did a lot already." But the ascension means that Jesus is working now. It means that Jesus has not stopped working since this day. And and what is Jesus up to now? Working through Christians by his spirit. That's what he's doing. What that means, I'll give you a couple examples of what that might mean. Uh, When you open up your Bible with your roommate or with your classmate and you tell them who Jesus is and what he's done, what that means is they may encounter the real Jesus through you. Uh, There's an amazing interchange here between verses 6 and 8 when the disciples are like, they're wondering like, okay, you rose from the dead. This is great news. Like, are you going to restore the kingdom now? Meaning like, are you going to set everything? You know, they're kind of thinking about getting the Roman Empire out of Israel at this point. So their view of it is a little uh, short of what it should be. But they're like, are you going to Are you setting up your kingdom now? Are you restoring it now? And the way that Jesus responds in verse 8 is really different from what they were thinking. He says, you will receive power. Uh, You will be my witnesses. Isn't that amazing? They're like, will you you do this? And he's like, you guys are going to do it. You will be my witnesses. I will accomplish my purpose through you. And I'll just say, you know, like, I come up here every week and I stand up before you and I preach. And the reason I stand up here and preach each week is not because I think I'm awesome. The reason I stand up here and preach every week is not because I think, like, man, I'm so eloquent. Or the reason I stand up here and preach is not because I think, like, man, what these people need is a weekly dose of me. The reason I stand up here each week and the reason I tell you guys to bring your friends and stuff each week is because I, we at RUF believe that, we can, that Jesus can be encountered here because he's in us. He's with us because without Jesus there's no hope. Like there is no hope without Jesus. There's a lot of hopeless situations in life where the only answer is Jesus can make this right. Jesus is on the throne. Jesus can fix This is not fixable here, but Jesus is on the throne. And if he's on the throne, then there is hope. Things can be fixed. Uh, if in and then another way, I'll put it is like if in Christ, God views me as beautiful. Like God views Jesus as beautiful. So because I'm in Him, He views me as beautiful. And what that means for me is it doesn't matter how ugly I feel at any given moment. Um, God views Jesus as infinitely valuable, and so what that means is that he views me as infinitely valuable, and because of that, it doesn't matter how productive I was today. If Jesus is running the show, if there's a man named Jesus in heaven with God, ruling the world, then I can change, because he's helping me. He can make me into somebody different. He can make me into someone who actually is like him. Do you see how the ascension changes everything? It's the best news on the planet. And if that weren't good enough, there's more good news in this passage the way it ends, right? Because the way it ends is, it's going to get better even than this. He's coming again. So we live, this is something people call the already and the not yet in the Christian life. Uh, You may have heard me say that before. And what we mean is like Jesus is already the king. Like he is truly the king of the world. But there's this not yet component to it, which is not everyone is fully aware of that yet. And there's going to be a time when he comes to this earth from heaven to rule eternally. And what this is saying, what the ascension says, it says we can taste God's goodness and we can taste his love today, but also we will feast on it eternally. Eternity will be a feast with the king for those who love him. I uh, hope that you'll make the ascension and Christ's coming your hope tonight. I uh, hope you'll be transformed uh, by this news. Uh, so let's close just by praying that that would be the case. Let's pray. God, we need you to make sense, continue making sense of this to us. It's too big for our minds to wrap our heads around uh, how uh, you can truly be with us in Christ by your spirit. Um, uh, But help us to hope, help that to be our hope, help that to be our confidence, help that to change us forever, Lord. And uh, would you make us different? Would you heal our hearts and heal our world? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.